Oh, it's coming. We have to remove all sharp yes. objects. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to Moralia Python Radio with your hosts, Eric Burke and Owen McIntyre. All right, welcome to Morelia Python Radio. Tonight we are talking with Justin Julander. We're talking all things Australian. Uh, we're going to be hitting on uh, a bunch of things. But the big thing is that this week, mm. this weekend, um, mm-hmm. is Tinley Park. And mm-hmm. we are not going. Mm-hmm. And that is sad. It is. Yes, <laughs> because, well, I have attended every Tinley Park since 2012. Owen kind of came in, what, 2013? Yeah, like yeah, 2013. The, the basic the basic rule, everyone, is when you want us to appear someplace, I send Eric first, and then he usually does one year of scouting to make sure it is safe for me, and then I arrive. So you know, uh, Southern Carpet Fest, Eric went one year, and then you know I followed. Uh, Tinley Park, Eric went one year, and then you know I followed. Uh, Southeast Carpet Fest, I'm going to try to make it this year. Why? Because Eric went last year, and I shall follow. You know, it's. We, it's, there's certain rules. This is an important podcast, and we have to have designated survivors to keep the podcast going. Also, you know, we can't travel in the same area for too long because it opens us up for assassination attempts by, you know, Port City Pythons. We're watching you. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, various other things. So it's very important. Anyway, I have no idea what we're talking about. I don't know why you've let me t- speak this long. Please, God, stop me. Okay. Pause. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So this weekend is Tinley Park, and on Friday night, um, October 11th at Tinley, they're going to be doing a gecko symposium. Yes. Um, and you know, um, our good friend Tim Walton. Um, I, I'm not sure if Justin or Tim are the ones that started this uh, started this thing, but uh, either way. Um, tonight we're going to be talking with Justin. We're going to be talking about that. We're going to be talking about Australian geckos. We're going to be talking about Australian reptiles, going to Australia, all those things all wrapped up into one fabulous episode. Um, and if you want to check out more on, uh, the gecko, uh, symposium, you can go to North American gecko symposium.com and you can find out who's speaking and they'll give you the complete rundown. So, be sure to check that out. Uh, they are definitely worth attending uh, because you have some of the most knowledgeable um, people um, on whatever topic they're talking about um, in in the hobby, and they're going to share their knowledge with you. And you you'll I'm sure at the end you'll be able to ask questions and all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. So, um, and uh, yeah, yeah who knows? Cool. I mean, who knows? This might be one of the things where you get introduced to maybe you're on the fence about getting a certain gecko species and now you can talk to a person who kind of puts your uh worries to rest and then you know you can jump on that i mean you know it who knows this might this is the port this is the place where you go to gain the knowledge that you need to be a good gecko keeper so if you're interested go also if you're interested in just maybe knowledge in general that you can possibly use for your other reptiles go so yeah even though we won't be there. No, we will not be there. Um, but, um, I'm going to throw uh, this plug out um, okay. because, you know, uh, if you listen to this podcast, you're probably into pythons. 
Maybe. Um, and I would suggest that if you're if you you poo poo Morelia and you don't like it and whatever, you just not out. your thing. I mean, all right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you like the short fat snakes, and if you uh, like those. I would we suggest have a guy for you. <laughs> stopping by Matt Minnetola's table. Philly Herp, um, he's going to be there, and Port City Pythons will be there with him. Um, mm. And uh, you can check out uh, from the ground up. Uh, Joe and Melissa will be there. You can chat with them. Matt Minnetola will be there, and I believe Keith is at Matt's table as well. So Keith McPeak, Matt Minnetola, Joe and Melissa. I mean, what more could you want? Eric and Owen. Owen, Owen, Owen yeah, <laughs> us, maybe. Yeah, but uh, um, it, it, it's going to be a stellar show because, I mean, obviously also you have uh, on the Morelli side, Jason Balin, Eric Kohler, uh, Todd from Psychotic Exotics. You have Phil Starkey. You, you, you have a lot of stuff there. Yeah. So you should be getting a healthy dose of Morelia. If you leave Tinley or like, I could have seen some more carpet pythons. You clearly were not looking. <laughs> so... <laughs> I don't know what to tell you here. Um, obviously, because we cannot go, uh, we would love for people to post up pictures in the Morelia chat, the NPR uh, radio chat. Um, and if people are feeling considerably daring and want our love, uh, I hear Eric and I love white lip pythons of both phases, but only send them to Owen's house. So it's a true story. It's a true yeah, story. No. Yeah. yeah, I like to uh, manage those type of reptiles from afar. You know, <laughs> yeah. It's not not here. <laughs> yeah. From afar, you know. From afar, yes. Yeah. Um, but uh, all right, Justin, how you doing? Welcome back to Morelia Python Radio. Ah, doing great. Thanks for having me back. Good. Good to be on your show. <laughs> yeah. So you've had a busy couple weeks. Um, you did get a shout out in that Nick Mutton video. I think he attacked you with a laser. Um, was that correct? <laughs> that's right. I good. I'm still blind to this day. Uh, okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's a. I don't know why he did that. Uh, it's kind of cruel. <laughs> but, um, are you? Yeah, uh, I was. I was at the at the reptic. Or, oh man, herpeton. Herpeton. <laughs> name wrong here. <laughs> yeah, the herpeton conference back in July. It was an amazing thing. It was really a cool experience and. Lots of great minds and and just really experienced uh, herpers in the in the audience and um, yeah Nick Nick gave the talk on carpets I was able to give a talk on uh, the Anteresia genus oh nice so hopefully they'll be putting that one up uh, on on YouTube at some point as well yeah um, so yeah we'll see how that would be but cool yeah the, the conference was great and uh, I I don't know I'm really excited kind of to see a resurgence of more of these uh you know technical conferences getting mm-hmm. information out there on more than just the monoculture stuff that people like to keep so yeah it's really exciting yeah i i mean i would dig that kind of stuff rather than like how do i make a soul sucker phantom um something <laughs> something something yeah. you know it's like yeah, yeah good, well Back in the day, that's kind of how expos were. They were like scientific meetings talking about how to keep different species and, uh, you know, new new things or new developments in, in keeping of, of different types of reptiles and amphibians. And then they'd come to these, you know, conferences to talk about that. And then some of the guys would bring reptiles and have them in their room and you'd go up, you know, see see the stuff, after, you know, after the talks and things mm-hmm. um, kind of on the side. And then it said, well, they said, well, why don't we just have a reptile show where we, you know, do both in the same conference hall or whatever. We sell the reptiles and then have talks. And gradually it's kind of faded away from 
the information and, and uh, learning side in mm. favor of just selling animals. And so I think we've lost something in that transition. Um, so it's nice to see uh, people taking the extraordinary efforts. Uh, Nathan Hall is the one that's putting on the, the gecko, uh, North American Gecko Symposium. Okay. Um, he's been organizing and just working like a dog trying to get this thing together, and he's done a fantastic job. They've got, you know, he's got quite a few people attending, um, so very exciting. There's uh, still some tickets left, so, and you don't need to necessarily register in advance. You can buy uh, tickets at when you get to Tinley. Oh, cool. So, you know, just because people haven't gotten their tickets yet doesn't mean they're excluded. So, you know, feel free to come by, get a ticket, and come into the symposium. It should be really cool. That's awesome. So from the standpoint of, uh, you know, a measly carpet python guy. Which how, is what we are. Yeah. How big is, like, the gecko world? I mean, because you kind of dabble in, you know, all the different, you know, reptile worlds, so to speak. Yeah, what's the saying? Uh uh, master of none. How does the first part go? Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, jack of all trades, master of none. Yeah, I got it. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, yeah. So, but no, I've I've loved geckos. You know, ever since I learned they, you know, some of these things existed, and just have been really excited about them. So, especially the Australian geckos. You know, I'm kind of got a thing for Australia. But uh, um, so Would yeah, you say I've, you're, I've say you're to, addicted to Australia. Would it be uh, that, that kind of? You, you could probably say that. I mean, yeah, it's kind of an interesting way to put it. Yeah. Weird, right? Um, oh. uh, I got you. So yeah, it's it. I I mean, the gecko community is huge. There there are so many different kinds of geckos out there, and I mean, some of these guys that are speaking at the at the symposium are like have kept you know hundreds of different species kept and bred and done well with hundreds of different species i mean these guys are legit i feel like a kid compared to these guys <laughs> talking, talking about the couple species i've bred or you know talking about the nine species of, of nefaris and and i'll just you know i'm just going to be in awe of their talks i'm sure but yeah they're uh some of these guys just are, are amazing yeah keep keep just so many animals, so many different species. It's incredible. Um, could you, I don't know if you, do you have a tip for catching geckos in the wild without breaking them? Because every time I try, <laughs> the animal falls apart because apparently that it's what it's designed to do. Well, you know, if you, if you go into the right places up in the Northern Territory, you might find uh, one of these uh, Kimberly or Northern Prickly knobtails, the Nefurus shei, they're related to the, you know, the big orange uh, centralian knobtail geckos, but they don't have a, a fracture plane in their tail, so their oh. tails won't come off. Another Plus, their tails are tiny. Things. They're like, you know, 15% of their snout to vent length, so they're really small. They almost look like a frog, right? So, <laughs> yeah, maybe you should find those. <laughs> Take really good pictures so I can put them in my book, and okay. then, yeah, we'll, we'll be good. Awesome. It's done, there dude. You, <laughs> you know, the Northern Territory has a lot of geckos. I was getting in trouble because I kept stopping for every gecko on the road. And <laughs> the, other, the other guys with me are like, come on, man. If it's not a python, don't stop. I'm like, screw you guys. I'm here to see everything. I don't, you know, you got to see them all. Well, we've seen 20 of that species. I know, but there's 21. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So they're, I mean, they're all over the road. And, you know, it takes a pretty good eye to spot a little gecko on the road. So, you know, 
hopefully you guys are training your vision to you know uh, find things on the on the roads but yeah no <laughs> just but <Yeah. laughs> we're like hawks we're keyed in we 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 know what's hey, there going you on go. <laughs> That's, yeah you got to do that when you're a field river when you're a road cruiser <laughs> you gotta yeah. have those eagle eyes yeah <laughs> yeah that's cool um i was gonna say you know with the knobtails in particular why is there any thoughts on why they have these knobtails like do they serve a purpose or you know how why did they evolve to have this type of tail yeah i mean that's a great question and there's there's quite a few different uh hypotheses around why they're why they have that knobtail actually the basal gecko in that group so this mm-hmm. they're from a family called Carphalodactylidae, and the the most basal species in that family is the Carphodactylus lavus which is the chameleon gecko and mm-hmm. they're up and around uh cans area up in the tablelands really cool their their tails have they, they have a knob at the end of the tail but it's very very small so we don't know if maybe that's kind of where the you know that knob tail originated from it just kind of changed over time and evolution but you know they're kind of the earliest uh branch on that gecko tree so um their tails actually make a noise when they break off so the tail comes off really so it squeaks and moves and so it get you know draws (laughs) the attention of the predator but i i hadn't i hadn't heard of that before i found out about that one like that a tail broken off tail could actually make a noise so I was really tempted to snap off a tail one of those, but uh, oh my god! <laughs> thought, thought better of it and didn't do it. But yeah, but we, I saw, didn't. we saw four or five of them when we were up in the Cairns area. They're really neat looking geckos. Really cool, Oof. but hard you know to find. Yeah, we didn't find one. Well, no, we found two lizards, but. Uh-huh. In general, we didn't find any geckos. No, we found that one monitor just by luck, and then we found that Boyd's yeah. forest dragon, and that was it. Other than that, we didn't uh, find yeah. that. Nothing. Uh, those leaf tail, those Carnutus leaf tails up there are fantastic. They're really mm. cool geckos, but they're very cryptic. We saw a couple of them on the fig curtain. Did you guys go up to the fig curtain? No. Did you make it up there? Uh-uh. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, it's kind of a famous spot, but yeah, we saw a chameleon gecko on that road and a, a couple different, uh, the leaf tail geckos on the road, just right by the fig, fig curtain. But it was really, it took a lot of looking for those. I remember me and Rico and I think it was Rob Roy McGinnis were walking along the side of the road with a flashlight, just scanning every tree to see if we could find anything. You know, we found a Boyd's and a couple of the leaf tails and, um, that chameleon gecko, we actually cruised on the road, so it was kind of crazy. But yeah, lots of lots of diversity. But sometimes it's harder, especially in more populated areas. Um, mm-hmm. That's why when you get out, kind of in the bush and up in the northern territory, um, yeah, there's there's going to be just geckos everywhere in some of those spots. Um, I think it was the Dorat Road where. That was where I was getting in trouble for stopping, but there were just these little, uh, mm-hmm. couple di- couple different species just all over. And certain sections, you'd get into these sections where that's all you'd see were gecko after gecko after gecko. So, you know, it's it's that's what's nice about having interest in multiple you know different groups of, of reptiles is 
you're never disappointed. You know, <laughs> you get to find something cool. Yeah. Uh, where the other guys are a little bored or upset that I'm stopping again, but I'm excited because I see another gecko. You know, so it works yeah. out. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you know, you gotta you gotta write the book somehow, and it's like yeah, the best way to do it is to check them out. You, you know, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But you know, the, the gecko diversity is is pretty amazing. I should have gotten an account for you, but I mean, look in your you know your guidebook. Uh, I don't know if you have that Swan uh, Reptiles of Australia. Yes. The, or sorry, Wilson, the Wilson and Swan book. Man, that that's the that's the Phil Derping Bible right there. You know, that's got all the different species and helps you key out what you're seeing and stuff so it's a lot of fun to have that a lot of times i'll have to run back to the car and like hold the, <laughs> hold the get <laughs> on my hand and look at the book and try to figure out which one it is you know that kind of thing so right or by range you know so or or when i get home comparing my pictures i guess right. you're not supposed to pick them up right <laughs> no 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 you're not allowed to touch you never touch them you just um yeah. convince them to come with you back to the car so yeah <laughs> exactly he's he followed me. He followed yes. me. I don't know what happened. It's weird. He wanted to see his picture in the book. Yeah. <laughs> How is that book coming but, I mean, along? Oh, go ahead. Um, we're we're getting pretty pretty close. Uh, I I had hoped to have a draft to the publishers by Tinley, so we're. I I don't know if I'll quite make that, but I I'm pretty close. Um, okay. It's been a, a challenging road, but yeah. Mm. We, uh, went through a little bit of a switch up with the co-author um so that w- that kind of set me back a bit okay but uh you know i guess that's the way it goes so i was yeah. i was uh hoping i'd have at least one book I, th- I thought maybe the second edition of the carpet book would be done by then too but um we're we're uh waiting for data kind of you know hurry up and wait type situation but yeah so i'm I'm geeking out about more carpet stuff too. I've been just going off the rails trying to figure out certain things and work out things that you know. And then reading through the first edition, I'm like, oh man, how do we how do we include that in here? Why didn't we include this data? You know, <laughs> I'm, I'm rereading the papers and finding more cool stuff. So we're gonna add you know another couple hundred pages or something. Nice. <laughs> and we Jesus. Source. <laughs> well, I, I I'm hoping I'm not exaggerating too much, but we're we've got allowance for up to, I think we got up to 500 pages that we could include in the second edition. So, and with uh, the, I don't know, some of the discoveries and some of the stuff we missed in the first edition and some of the new data that's out, um, it's going to be pretty, uh, pretty cool. <laughs> so I'm excited to, to learn this stuff, you know, and, and Hell try yeah. to yeah. together some things. Yeah. Try to figure out where the border is between, you know, inlands and coastals and where they might come into contact. Maybe there's an integrated zone or something. Oh, God. You know, how, what barriers to the, to the movement of the different uh, carpets and maybe there's some additional. I, my favorite uh, recent word is uh, uh, cryptic species or, you know, like cryptic taxa where they're, they're out in the open and everybody knows about them, but, but they don't realize they could be separate species or separate subspecies or whatever, you know. So there's a few few of those in there and um you know you guys probably read about the black mountain corridor mm-hmm. in the first edition and kind of where that there's actually like five or six of those type of corridors along the east coast that could and you know i lined them up with known distribution records for carpets and sure enough there you know there's a break in the carpet distribution at these different places 
One's near Brisbane, one's up, you know, north of Cairns, one's kind of in that Black Mountain Corridor near Cairns. So, I mean, there's a bunch of different places. One's in the Hunter Valley down in, you know, in Diamond Territory. So, kind of cool. So I'm really geeking out about, you know, where, where the splits might occur and why we might have uh, differences in genetics based on these different um, splits. And then one other really exciting discovery uh, well, maybe I should make you wait till the book comes out. Damn! At the minimum, these will be some really fun hypotheses to kind of think about and, and have fun with. But, yeah, we might kind of turn things upside down a little bit with, with some of these things. Uh, we'll have to see. But we're waiting on some data. Um, mm. Nick's working with Warren Booth to get some sequencing data, so we'll hopefully have, um, you know, at least some uh, s supporting data to, for for some of the publications that have looked at carpet python taxonomy. Um, so we'll see that's how awesome. Goes. I mean, yeah. uh, if if you guys want the audio an audio book, Eric and I are available to read it. <laughs> <laughs> that would be kind of cool, wouldn't it? I'm just saying. We can even have a fun time. Be a long turn podcast. the page. It's like I'm just saying. Yeah. yeah. Oh, get my smoking jacket and uh, exactly. you know, a nice pipe. And sit down by the fire. Turn the page. You're like, yeah. You know, You'll really have to work on those Scott Iper pronunciation guide. You know? He would be so mad. <laughs> Out of there. Yeah. I think he'd fly over. Just to hurt us. I mean, like, yeah. So I didn't tell Owen yet, but before we get to Australia, we're gonna have a class. Um, you know, oh, I got no. flashcards prepared <laughs> with you know pronunciation on there and everything. Yeah. You will not embarrass oh, yeah. me while we're over there. <laughs> All right. Oh. Oh, and, yeah. the, and the 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 place names over there too. You got to pronounce that right. I. I keep saying Pilbara, but it, you know, instead of Pilbara, you got to say Pilbara. <laughs> really? So, okay. Yeah, well, yeah. I've been saying oh, Pilbara. Yeah. All right. Miss that. Yeah. Up. Oh yeah. Most Americans do. You know, <sighs> that's how they can tell a Yank when they see one, when they hear one. Oh, like, like it's not going to be the... obvious with us with our <laughs> yeah. fly, fly net hats <laughs> and our walking stick that convert into <laughs> snake oaks. Yeah. No, we're going to be uh, we'll blending yeah. seamlessly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> as soon as me and Owen say water, we'll be yeah, uh, it's, a, <laughs> it's all yeah, over. Yeah, we're like we'll be able to hell? pinpoint your locality with that word. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, we really get out there. <laughs> yeah. I think uh, I think yeah. I can't wait for the the new carpet book to come out because I think for me, I, I, you know, and it's kind of I think you're sort of uh, you know highlighting the same type of thing, um, but. I get more geeked out about that kind of stuff than I do the, uh, you know, the keeping or the breeding or the morph side of it uh, anymore. You know what I mean? Like it, it just it's yeah, it fascinates me. It's beyond. part of a it's part of a natural progression. I think you know we we get into we see a species and we like oh that's cool. You know I want to. I want to see that every day. I want to keep that in a, you know, in my in my collection, and then and then we keep it for a while, and then you're like, man, I wonder, you know, there's these related snakes, and you start learning about those and getting excited about that, and then and then you're like, man, I, I really want to see these in the wild, and then you go find them in the wild, and then you start all these questions start coming, and you just you know you become a field herper, and you're just all all excited about other things rather than just keeping them in a box. But I think it all. Mm -hmm plays back into things, you know, you're like, well, I, I might need to change my, 
my uh, attitudes about keeping up a little bit or maybe mm -hmm. change the setups a little and you know just it really helps that aspect of it too and a lot of people I think and you know maybe this is part of the natural progression I haven't hit yet is they kind of say well maybe I don't want to keep anything I just want to go watch them in the wild and they spend all their time and energy you know to to make that happen so yeah. I don't know it's yeah. it's uh, it's a lot of fun to to just get into it and you know, I, there's just so many cool reptiles out there. You know, I have a hard time just focusing on one. I, I don't know if I've got a little ADD or something, but I just, <laughs> I want to, I want to learn about all sorts of stuff. You know, when I keep a knobtail in captivity, I have to go overboard and start researching everything. And then, oh, maybe I'll write a book. And, you know, it's <laughs> balloons from there. <laughs> so. See every every snake Justin gets into, he's like, maybe I'll write a book, and they're like, oh god damn it, dude, why can't you just keep it? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I'm having a hard time restricting myself. I'm thinking, oh, maybe a blue tongue skink book or uh, keeping those things yeah, man. a lot of fun. I, for, you know, I forgot you were in with but, those. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's it's I I I admit I would like to have like a book that covers all of the Australian pythons in one. I think that'd mm -hmm. be really fun. Yeah. Um, but it's kind of tricky because, you know, you get into the liasis and they, they branch out into New Guinea and Indonesia and stuff. And that just mm -hmm. doesn't interest me. You know, <laughs> I just want to <laughs> worry about the olives and the waters and the, you know, that are in Australia, but so they're off the continent. Fun. Who cares? Like, you know, they have to be on the yeah, mainland. Exactly. Um, <laughs> it's really something that it's funny that you mentioned that. I mean, we're talking about Nick's video. He says that the complete carpet Python is now sold out. There are no more copies in print. Yeah. I mean, you might be able to find one like through a, a secondhand seller, but from the publisher and in mine and Nick's uh, collections, we only have our personal copies left. What? There aren't any. Yeah. So wow. it's sold out. And well, I think, you know, we, we kind of convinced the publisher to to give it a chance because he was like, ah, you know, I don't know if it'll sell well. And we're like, well, we'll make it a, as good a book as we can. And, we'll, you know, so he's like, okay, we'll do this kind of initial first run. And if that goes well, maybe we can think about a second one. So I'm just really glad it did well enough to kind of clear out those copies and yeah. and we can revisit it. But, yeah, it's nice that's to see just, that happen it's nice to know that people are still buying books you know what yeah I mean? like, <laughs> so true that's a good thing <laughs> so well, true yeah and that's the cool thing because i mean we, we we had ben russo on and he was talking about how his book apparently you can't get the complete boa constrictor for what he said it was going online for eric like a thousand dollars or something crazy something like and, that yeah like apparently because it's been out of print for so long and people are wanting it it's like you know, apparently there, there's still a demand for those kinds of books because people can't get them. So I would say if you really want a copy, why are you hesitating? <laughs> like, dear Lord. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it does it does complicate it when it gets up into the, you know. Yeah. Digits, but yeah. <laughs> Not many people have a book uh, book allowance that's that, high, that's that high. But, yeah. No. And, you know, you get lucky sometimes. We were, we were going through... Uh, Western Australia, my wife and I, and mm -hmm. we stopped at the library in Newman, Western Australia, to check our email because, mm -hmm. you know, that was about the only way to check our email or, you know, check in with our families and stuff at the time. So we, we uh, went to the library, and Heidi was looking. There was, like, this rack of books that were for sale, 
and she pulled out this book. It's the Snakes of the Pilbara, and it was uh, like five bucks. <laughs> and no. Brian Bush's field field guide, you know, to the Snakes oh. of the Pilbara. And so I'm like, oh my gosh, that was a great find because I was I was wanting to buy that book, but it was going to be like fifty bucks plus you know, however much shipping from Australia and it's, you know, kind of a thinner book, but mm. I really wanted it. And so I'm like, oh my gosh, you just made my week. You know, the trip hasn't even really started yet. And already we're, yeah, it was, it was pretty cool. So it's, uh, find. I have a funny story about that that actually relates to you, Justin. Um, so there was uh-huh. this, this guy, uh, so there's this, uh, Facebook group and it's called like Australian collectible books and collectible Australian reptile books and and collectibles or something yeah, like that. Yeah. You know what uh-huh. I'm talking about? So yeah, this, yeah. this guy had for sale um, snakes of the Northern Territory um, or the Darwin area uh-huh. or so, something like that. And I'm like, oh, that's perfect. That is perfect <laughs> for me. I got to get this book. And I hit him up and he asked if I had a copy of your book uh, on the green trees. And I was like, uh-huh. Um, I'm going to buy one right now. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> I bought that book and I sent him that and he sent me the other. And I was like, oh, this is oh, great. Nice. You know, like an even trade. That's a good trade, yeah. yeah. That's a good deal. <laughs> right on. So, so I'm like, oh, cool. Um, who who yeah. wrote that one? I don't know if I've heard of that one. Um, hold on. I'll, I'll tell you in a second. Somebody... He's got to just look at the bookshelf. Yeah. yeah. No, I've, I've got, a, I think, four or five rows of my bookshelf for just reptile books. But yeah. Say, it, it is the, it goes. say your office at the, I mean, your office has got to be um, <laughs> science books and then snake, snake books, right? <laughs> well, this is in my bedroom. <laughs> oh, 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 wow. The bookcase at home <laughs> is all snake books. I, I'm lucky my wife lets me uh, have so much space there, but... <laughs> Yeah. Well, I yeah, I mean, I imagine that one. And then you never know when you're going to need something because I think I was talking to somebody and they were referring to an old vivarium magazine that had some article in it. I'm like, holy crap, I actually have that one. And it was like, there oh, it nice. is. Yeah. yeah. So, it, you know, keep yeah. everything, everyone. Hoard. Hoard things. <laughs> it's fine. So it's, uh, yeah. it's called Snakes of the Darwin Area, and it's by Graham Gow. Oh, cool! Yeah, is it an older book then? Yeah, yeah, it is. Okay, okay, so, cool. Uh-oh. Things might have changed a little bit. Or... I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. when I look at uh, wait, let's see, let's see how carpet pythons are categorized. Uh, but there's a lot of snakes up in that area. Like, oh yeah, you know, yeah. I mean. Regardless of what the taxonomy is on them, they're, they're still there. You know, um, they don't. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, they call I it Python spilotus. <laughs> oh. oh no! Yeah, a little bit. And uh, children's <laughs> pythons are liasis. Liasis children eye. So yeah, there you go. It's been a few years <laughs> since that. Yep. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Very so. cool. Yeah, we, I mean, uh, we, I, I got to tell you too, like, you know, we, I, I can't remember, I, I heard on you, you guys talking about it, but the door, or not the door, uh, the uh, uh, fog dam, you know, mm-hmm. fog dam, if you don't see a, if you don't see a water python there, then, you, you know, you suck or something, but um, <laughs> they, we, 
so it was, you know, me and Nick and, and Rico and, and a couple other, you know, Peter Birch and uh, Mark Spataro were cruising the Dorat Road. Not the door. I keep saying that. That's a good road, too. We found a lot of cool stuff there. But the uh, um, Fog Dam Road, mm-hmm. and we went, went back and forth a few times. We saw zero spotted pythons, or spotted water pythons. And then we came back the next night, and we found like seven or eight in one night. So, so you can Holy miss on, the, on that road. And also, I, I, oh, I think it was the Aussie Wildlife Show. Mm-hmm. Uh, pod, that's a great podcast too. But they I love were it. Interviewing, uh, yeah, yeah, it's really. Uh, they were interviewing Gavin Bedford, and he had taken the guys out there. And and I think Gavin was saying, ah, the conditions don't look right for that. But you know, you got to go out there. And I don't think they saw one. <laughs> they didn't see a water python. So <laughs> it is possible oh to miss there. So don't if you if you go there and and miss, you know, don't see a water python. Don't you know, don't commit suicide or something like that. You know? <laughs> I went jumping right. in fog yeah. damn river. I, I, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go give me a crop. <laughs> yeah. If I can't don't, get a water don't python, don't feed yourself to a crocodile. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but you guys really, you know, uh, if you get up into Kakadu at night, make sure you keep your eyes peeled for some of those knobtail geckos. That would be really cool if you could find some of those. So that's, uh, they're coming out of what, like rock crevices and stuff like that? or? Yeah, yeah. If you're looking for Owen Pellies, you're in their habitat. So nice. They'd be in the same habitat. I think Ryan Young found two or three of those when he was up there looking for own pellies. Um, so yeah, I think, I think you've, you, you could have a good chance of finding one if the conditions are right, you know, just kind of keep an eye out in the rocks. And I mean, they're, they're a big gecko. They're kind of hard to miss, but they do move pretty quick over the rocks. They have kind of long spindly legs that are adapted to life in the rocks, rocky habitat. So, um, they can move when they want to. Are they <laughs> more somebody, of- uh, liking them? Liking okay. them to like a, a rodent, like they'll be ri- driving on the road, and this was for the Centralian knobtail, the uh, mm-hmm. AMEA, and uh, they'd be driving along and just see this thing whip across the road. They're like, was that a rodent or a <laughs> What the hell was that? Yeah, that was a knobtail gecko. Yeah. Right. So they can move when they want to. But yeah, they're cool. Our, um, it, uh, oh, no, I forgot what I was going to ask. Hold on. Damn it. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. <laughs> shit, what was I going to say? I mean... Oh, no, I, I, this is what, are they like uh, the type of, uh, you know, would they stand their ground or are they going to dart as fast as they can? Because they do that oh, thing where they kind of stand up, either right? Way, yeah, yeah, they've got a really cool threat display that's just awesome to watch. But, um, I mean, I, I, I've never seen one of the rough skin, the, the Asper complex in the wild. I haven't seen, so there's, there's basically three species in the Asper complex. Um, okay. They're the rough-skinned, small-tailed, you know, big body. They're the largest body gecko in Australia. Not the longest because they don't have much of a tail, but if they had a tail that was proportional to their body like other geckos have, then they would be the longest as well. But they're the heaviest body, stockiest, you know, geckos in Australia, the, the Centralia knobtail Neferis amiae. Um, so... They, they, those range down in the center of Australia, centered around Alice Springs, kind of that McDonald Ranges area. Mm-hmm. And then you've got um, the first Asper, which was um, one of the earliest, you know, described species of knobtail gecko. And they, they occur through uh, much of northern Queensland, mm-hmm. but kind of in the interior, so in the drier areas. Um, and I, I was trying to find those on that last trip in 2016 with my kids and there was a good spot, you know, I was, 
trying to look around, but like every five feet there was a face level spider. <laughs> like the webs were just face <laughs> level, you know. And they were really, really cool looking spiders. They were like zebra, you know, black and white striped. But my kids were like, yeah, I think we're going to stay in the car while you go get your face into the spider webs. Right. We're going to wait for you. And so they were kind of creeped out. So I was out there, you know, herping and, and looking for them along in the rocks and by the trees and stuff. And um, I, I, you know, I was uh, spending as much time as I could, but I knew my kids were getting anxious. They, we had those walkie-talkie, and so they'd radio in like every five minutes. You done yeah. yet? You find one? <laughs> we go yet? You know, are we there yet? And so, typical kids, you know. Right. So I'm like, and they were kind of creeped out because there was this weird looking like old abandoned shack across the, you know, across the way that we had seen. And they're like, I wonder if somebody lives there. You know, they're all creeped out. So they're like, <laughs> come on, dad. And then, so I'm finally, I'm like, okay, fine, you know, we'll go. And then right as the super moon emerges, you know, so I was like, okay, uh, I'm not finding anything with the, the super yeah. moon out, but uh, so yeah, that's the the Asper. So they're in the in the Queensland, um, kind of the outback. But they get up into the far north Queensland, up into kind of the subtropical areas up there. Um, there's the banded Asper that are really cool looking. They have these defined bands across their back, and some of them are almost like black and white, you know, banded, they look really cool. But if you look, you know, look up banded Asper, they're just amazing looking. So um, we, I did look a little bit for those in a certain area in, in Queensland where they've been found before, but didn't have any luck. So I've, I've looked a bit for them, but haven't, haven't been able to find any. And then in the Kakadu, you know, up in Northern Territory and uh, over into Western Australia, you've got the Kimberley or Northern, uh, uh, spiky or prickly knobtail, the Nefera shei, and so that's the third, third rough, you know, asper type gecko in the complex. So, and they they are kind of more of a grayish color. I guess you can, they all kind of overlap a little bit in appearance, but um, they're the I think they're the smallest of the three, and they have the longest legs of the three. But they often have these purple eyes, so they're really cool looking they take you can get some really cool pictures of them wow. but yeah they do that kind of the gecko on hydraulics where they do little really slow push-ups they're kind of jerky you know it looks really cool so they yeah, do fun. look so really hopefully cool. you guys will find one but if if you find one get some good book shots for me. I would say, do you do you have a list of ones that we should make sure we take extra care to take really nice naturalistic photos like <laughs> to place it i mean well, for, uh, guide it someplace yeah. that's well lit and you know <laughs> exactly yeah mm -hmm. lure it with a cricket or a cockroach or something <laughs> yeah. the, uh, that that's the i think that that, that would be the only nefarious that you'd see up in the darwin area would be the yeah but it's so AI. cool looking too Jesus, I just looked it up. Oh yeah, talking yeah. at Matt. You're right. The, the, see the purple eyes. It's like, um, it's like roughy eyes. It's like it's such a different contrast yeah. with the rest of them. I'm like holy crap. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They look really cool. I don't think they've made their way over into American herpetoculture. culture. Yeah. There might be some, you know, kind of hush hush somewhere because I know they're in Europe. I've I've heard about them you know, over in Europe. They're People have bred them there, so I wouldn't be surprised if they're in there if they were in the U.S. at this point. But I just haven't heard anything. But I'm, 
you know, I'm not in the inner gecko circle or anything like that. So <laughs> you just I, uh, keep them and breed them and all that other stuff. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> Again, I mean, Jack of all trades, man. Yeah. Okay. I got you. <laughs> but I mean, so oh, I was, gonna, I was hopefully they'll ask. make their way over, but the, 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 uh, asp Amia, of course, the centralian obtails, the orange, you know, really cool ones from central Australia. They're very commonly bred in the U S and very readily available. Uh, you know, they've come down in price to three or $400 per, you know, gecko and, uh, really fun to work with. That's probably my, if I, you know, I had to have a favorite gecko, that would be the one. Um, and then the first Asper, um, the, the one over in Queensland, they are, uh, quite expensive and, uh, you know, a little more, not as commonly bred, but they're, they're, uh, I think, you know, several thousand dollars a piece. So Jesus. a little bit more of a pricey <laughs> gecko. Yeah, but there's people. I mean, my my former business partner Steve Sharp had he had a pair and bred those for you know a couple clutches from his Asper pair, and I think he paid around ten grand for the pair. Like <laughs> serious business, right? Wow. So, mm -hmm. Yeah. But when wow. you get those species that you just can't get, you know, it's, it's, you got it. Yeah. Really I would do it for Imbricata. <laughs> Right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, hell yeah. you got to put it all in perspective, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. yeah. And the Asper have, like, two main phases that you can get in the U.S. They have kind of a lighter, almost white phase, and they look just really pale and cool-looking with these black reticulations. And then you get some that are almost black, all black. They're really cool-looking. And then you kind of get, you know, in between, you know, more charcoal or gray colored with uh, lighter patches. So there's a pretty wide range of appearance for the Asper. And you can even get some that are reddish in coloration that you'd almost confuse for uh, an Amie. So, yeah, they're, they kind of come in a lot of different flavors. But um, I think in the U.S. we only kind of have the black and white and then in, the, in between black and white stage. But Gotcha. I don't think there's any of the red ones over here. But, yeah, very cool geckos. Yeah. I mean, I was going to ask if the, like, what out of the knobtail complex was missing from American herpticulture? Because it almost seems like they're kind of like an afterthought. Either people are really into them and they keep just knobbies and that's that, or you're another gecko breeder who happens to have a pair or something like that. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, they're, the, you know, there's the, the, the Shei, they're, uh, you know, at least very, very rare in American herpticulture, if not mm -hmm. absent. Um, I think all of the other species are represented um, that you can, you know, you can find all the other species. So maybe we could go through the, the species. So yeah. out of the, there's kind of two main groups of Nephurus. Um, the, the genus of the knobtail geckos. Um, the Ruskin species, which the Asper complex is, you know, has three species within that. The other species that's kind of within that uh, rough knob, rough, rough skin species is the uh, Wheeler, the banded knobtails, uh, mm. Wheeler eye. Um, and the Wheeler eye, they're, they're endemic to Western Australia. I talked with the one of the guys that was, or uh, email corresponded with one of the guys that's working on that. Um, genetic analysis, and he said the paper was hung up by a different species that was included in that paper, and he didn't know when it would be published. So mm. it is possible that we might see further, you know, you know, species divisions within that. And there's some, 
you know, differences between the two. And you can actually, uh, just recently, uh, the, the Southern Forum appeared on the scene, the, and they have a little more uh, darker reticulations on their face. That's the Wheeler Eye, Wheeler Eye. And then you've got the Wheeler Eye Synctus, which has been in the country for quite a while and have been produced. They're very easy to breed, and uh, they've been produced there, you know, $150 gecko, so they're fairly low price compared to some of the other species. So with the Wheeler Eye and the Asper complex, that kind of makes up the rough skin species. So those are, you know, four species, and the Wheeler Eye has two subspecies that may someday be full species. And then you've got the smooth skin species, um, and that's uh, five species there, and then one species, Nefurus levis. That's uh, the smooth knobtails or the uh, three-line knobtails, whatever their common name. Most people go by the scientific name with the, this group of geckos, and mm -hmm. I guess we do that a bit with carpets as well, but the common names are used more frequently probably with carpets than the, uh, with the nefurus. So I'm going to be using a lot of the scientific names there. But um, the nefurus levis, um, that's kind of the most commonly seen uh, knobtail that, you know, probably in herpeticulture. And so they're the kind of reddish colored and they have kind of the darker uh, collar with three light bands kind of running through that. And they have little white spots all over their bodies. Um, and the levis have three subspecies. So levis levis, which is the, probably the most widely distributed uh, knobtail. Um, they go all the way from Queensland and down into New South Wales and then over in, into Western Australia. Um, and then the two sub, other subspecies are Nephyrus levis occidentalis, which is a, along the coast in Western Australia, and then Nephyrus levis pilbarensis, which is up in the Pilbara. Um, notice how I said that correctly. You got it right. Yeah, did, did see that? Yeah, that was good. We did notice. <laughs> And the Occidentalis and the Pilbarensis have smaller ranges, and uh, they're they're a little. Uh, I think Pilbarensis is kind of less uh, defined, or you know, there's some suspicion that maybe they're not uh, taxonomically different than Levis Levis, but you know, for now they're a, a subspecies. And there's that's where you'll find the albinos. So there's an albino uh, morph that popped up in Levis Pilbarensis, and. Mm. Um, we, uh, when we were in Western Australia, we saw probably 30 or 40 of the Occidentalis. They were everywhere in one stretch of road through around, uh, uh, Exmouth, kind of south of Exmouth over to Coral Bay. They're just everywhere. And then again, in Shark Bay area, they're all over the road. Uh, maybe mm. we just hit the timing right, but really cool animals. Um, and so then there's, uh, several the the other they're kind of grouped into a grouping called the thin-tailed knobtail get group and they're also kind of the smoother skin species um the first levissimus is probably the smoothest knobtail it doesn't have those dorsal tubercles so the little uh raised scale um groupings mm -hmm. like the rough skin species have really um pronounced tubercles whereas the Levisimus lacks those, and so they almost look like they're a scaleless uh, knobtail gecko. So they're like really smooth, and then uh, so they're they're very widely distributed, kind of in the arid interior um, in the Northern Territory, uh, South Australia, and Western Australia, kind of in those sandy desert areas, and they're a dune specialist. So 
so they like to climb up, you know, uh, burrow into sand dunes. Uh, really a neat looking species. But, you know, kind of like how, uh, like a scaleless corn snake, their pattern just pops out and is really bold and almost looks completely different than the scaled version. Mm-hmm. That's kind of how these guys are. Their, re- their pattern is really bold and cool looking, although a lot of them are fairly patternless. They, they don't have many markings, but the markings that are there really stand out. Um, the other fin-tailed species include uh, Nerfuris uh, vertebralis. And the vertebralis are very similar to levis. They're kind of maybe in between the levis complex and the thin-tailed species. But vertebralis look a lot like levis in, in appearance. Their tails are a little smaller, and they, ha- they always have this um, vertebral stripe of white scales down their spine with mm-hmm. a thin uh, white stripe. So they're really fun, too. We found quite a few of those in Western Australia. Um, and just really nice looking. Yeah, they're really red. They're one of the prettier knobtails in my uh, opinion. <clears throat> so they're they're a lot of fun. And then the other two species are Nephrostilatus, the starred knobtails. Okay. And those actually have a a distribution similar to Imbricata. They're in Western Australia, kind of mm-hmm. in the southern part of Western Australia, just below where Vertebralis and, and Wheeler Eye are found. Okay. And then they are also found, there's a gap where the Null Arbor Plain exists, and then they're found over in South Australia. So that kind of bi-segmented population, similar to what you see with Imbricata. And so just another example of a species that was kind of bisected by that Null Arbor uh, drying area. Um, so kind of a cool... Uh, thing that goes along with some other species, you know, it's kind of fun to see that pattern, mm-hmm. uh, not just in a single species, but in multiple <clears throat> species. And, you know, there's more besides those two, too. So Is, um, the stellatus are really pretty. They almost have like a, just a polka dot pattern on their backs. That, that's why they're called the starred knobtail. looks like the sky, you know, stars in the sky kind of theme there. Gotcha. And then the third species, or the, the last species, the, the ninth species of knobtail is Nephristolini, and that's uh, the um, Pernati Lagoon knobtail. And they have the smallest distribution of any of the knobtail species. They're found in the area of South Australia, um, close to and you know around the Pernati Lagoon. And so they're really uh, another very pretty knobtail with really bold crazy patterns they're very variable even though they have a very small range so they're pretty neat as well does it so does it nine does it almost seem like there's a python a skink and a gecko for every single area <laughs> of australia and they all kind of look the same or all kind of have a similar color or thing going on here i mean it's am i the only one yeah, who's this right now <laughs> it's like yeah no, I mean, I think there's some, some successful, you know, uh, pattern elements that help you blend in with your environment. And so if mm-hmm. you're in Patrick with another species in the same environment, you might have, you know, might, you might do well with a similar pattern or color or, yeah, I think that's pretty common. Um, some you wouldn't think would really blend in very well, but they actually blend in nicely. So yeah, uh, interesting to see that. I always wondered about the you know, juvenile green tree pythons, you'd think a bright yellow juvenile would stand out like a, you know, yeah. a big neon sign in the in the jungle. But um, apparently to a bird's eye, they blend in, they're, they're invisible with that color. So 
You know, mm. sometimes it's not just our eyes they're trying to avoid. It's, you know, their predators that they might interact with on a daily basis. And, you know, and, and I mean, the green trees we found did stand out like a neon sign. You shine your light and you're like, oh, there's one right there. You know, <laughs> glowing almost. Right. That's pretty cool. So, yeah, but to a bird, they're they're invisible pretty much. So. Yeah. You know, it was cool. Nature's, nature's cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. You know, it was really cool was like, um, you know, I've always looked at uh, bread, bread lie and, you know, looked at their pattern and whatnot and was like, yeah, that's cool. I like it. I dig it. You know, and it wasn't until I, it was in Nick's talk. I don't know whose picture it was. It might have been Casey's or whoever, but they showed a, a, a bread lie like like in a rock crevice. And all oh, you yeah. could see, like, was the side yeah. of its tail. And, man, if that uh-huh. wasn't perfectly matched to the environment, it was like, <laughs> right? wow, uh-huh. holy shit. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, <laughs> I can't wait for the day that I find one of those in the wild. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, get, I get on the flicker. I mean, you, you want to, you know, make your eyes happy. You get on the flicker and then type in, you know, wild Morelia bread lie and look for some of the field herbs bread lie and, Oh my gosh, there's some amazing animals. And we talk about hypos here, like they <laughs> they ain't got nothing no, on those no. wild bread <laughs> Oh god. Do you, yeah. I mean, do you crazy. Do you you you've kept them for a long time. Do you think that has anything to do yeah. with I mean, we've talked about this before, I think, but UV, do you think that that plays into that at all? I mean, that's a good question. I mean, I've thought about that quite a bit and I I I just don't know if there's much information to support that. What what I heard was a, kind of an interesting thing, and uh-huh. I, you know I don't know how far to take this one either. But it was mm-hmm. how hungry they are. <laughs> it depends on how nice they look, and I've seen that in in a few different you know animals. Like when when they when they're hungrier, or they're trying to blend in better. Or I don't know what it is, but they change colors. You know to. Huh. And it seems to be when they're hunting or when they're hungry or whatever. So, it, but I, you know, I don't know. You know, there's that evidence where they took them out of the wild and put them into captivity, and uh, they changed colors from that bright red to kind of a you know duller brownish with the darker black. And right, I don't know if they were just getting older or if they were overfed or you know, there's a lot of things that could play into that. And I tried to find some information. I think I found something about UV and color and it was in lizards and they, you know, removed or, or had less exposure to UV and they actually changed colors. Um, uh, but there was also something else in relation to diet and color. You know, there's a lot of things that could play into that. So it's really mm-hmm. hard to say. I think in the, in the wild, uh, bread eat a lot of parrots and you know different birds especially in in the right season mm-hmm. and so you know often they're found in the trees hunting parrots and you know you wonder if uh some kind of what the parrots are eating plays into the brettles you know color you know brighter colors sure. or i don't know mm-hmm. it's, it's a, could be yeah you know, there's a lot of things that could could factor into that so i don't so, i'm not mm-hmm. sure Man, that would be awesome to find one of them in the wild. Holy crap! Uh, we we yeah. we have to focus. Wait. We have to yeah. focus on the Owen Pelly because I mean, as much as I, as much as I think it would pain me to be like, yeah, these are the chuckleheads who found an Owen Pelly python from the United <laughs> States. It's like 
I feel bad for like everybody else. But I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's us. So you know, it's um, no, no. I I don't think there's. I mean, more power to you because there's been plenty of birders that are out there looking for birds that stumble across on trip on them. Probably yeah, people who are looking for Owen Pellies find Owen Pellies. So yeah, they're they're uh, they're kind of an enigmatic thing. Like I had a friend that was helping um, uh, look for them. Uh, he was helping. Uh, Gavin looked for Rattles or Owen Pellies, and he lived up in uh, up in Arnhem Land, up in the you know Aboriginal communities. And so he lived. I mean, he lived in the town of Owen Pelly. <laughs> he, he didn't. He couldn't find any. You know, he was out there r- driving around the town. He actually got in trouble for because the the guys thought that he was driving from house to house to visit their women when they weren't home. Oh God. <laughs> He had to kind of clear the air and take him out with him to show him that he was out herping, not uh, slandering. So. Oh, my God. <laughs> but, no, no, uh, no, no. I'm looking for snakes, can't... I swear. <laughs> yeah, we know what kind of snake you're looking for. <laughs> yeah, it's anyway, bad. The, 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 uh, um, he, you know, he spent years looking for these things and, you know, didn't have much luck. And then, you know, he, he wouldn't even say the name Owen Pelly because he was superstitious that if he said it, then he would never find one, you know. But then one year, he found like three or three of them in, in the span of two weeks, you know. All of a sudden, they were just out moving on the road, and he found a couple of them. So you never know, you know, when you're going to get lucky. And, mm-hmm. I mean, Wouter, uh, Wouter uh, from, uh, what's his last name? He, he's uh, uh He's oh, it's uh, it's with a K. Uh, Cock. Yeah. yeah, I think that's what yep. it is. Yep. And he 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 went out uh, into Arnhem Land for a night of herping and found one. So, you know, stranger things have happened. Yeah. Sure enough. Uh, yeah. So more power to you. We we went. We had intel of where one was a week before we were there. Mm-hmm. They're thinking, well, maybe there's a chance he's still out and active or close to the same tree they found him in. So we, we found the tree that he was pictured in and looked, I mean, just looked around that area as much as we could. We got there, like, first thing in the morning. And I'll tell you what, it's like needle in a haystack country out there. There's so many places uh, even a giant, you know, 15-foot snake could hide mm. that, you know, you just realize, okay, you know. If I don't see one, it's not because I suck. It's because they could be anywhere. Like there's, anywhere. there's just so many nooks and crevices, and 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 I mean these these cracks or or whatever go way down. I mean you could crawl down in there for probably you know half a mile or something under the rocks, you know. So there was they they have plenty of places to go that are underneath where people are going to be spotting them, and there's probably water and. You know, food down there, they don't even need to come up. So they could be, you know, kind of almost like an underground snake for the most part and only right. need to surface once a year to go find a mate or something. That might even be taken care of under the rock. So, you know, there's a lot of places for them to go. And we went back at night, but we got a little nervous because there were signs saying, ah, oh, you know, if you, we close the gate after a certain time. So, you know, make sure not to leave your car in the car park after dark and, so we're like, okay, somebody has to stay with the car. The rest of us are going to look for Owen Pelly. I can't remember who drew, who drew the short straw, but yeah, yeah, somebody stayed with the car. And we're like, okay, just honk the horn if somebody's closing the gate or drive the car out of the gate. You know, don't get us trapped in here. But 
Um, in retrospect, we probably should have just stayed there. I don't think anybody ever closed the gate. I think it was just <laughs> the sign that kept people out rather than the actual shutting of the gate. But right. I don't know. If you go herping at night in that place, maybe uh, park your car outside the gate and then walk in or something. Park the, go- park the car where the gate closes so they can't close the gate. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, so. there you go. Yeah, there you, now you're thinking. Now I got it. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, it's uh, – it's pretty exciting to be out there looking and, you know, there's a chance you might see one. But, you know, that the chances cool. are slim, but they're still there. It's still worth looking. I, I can't, somebody chance. was telling me a story. It might have been, uh, I can't remember who it was, but they were saying they were out looking and they'd been out looking every night, you know, in Kakadu and looking uh, all over the place. And then somebody ran a, or found one in the car, in the parking lot of one of the main tourist sites there. you got to be kidding and, me. Uh, <laughs> and, and, like, they, they went and got the ranger, and the ranger was holding it, and they came back, like, they they came back to get in their car after a night of just getting beat up and bitten mm-hmm. by insects and scratched up by plants, and 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 then there here's this ranger holding an Owen Pelly in the parking lot. Son of a bitch. God, yeah. isn't isn't that I, the like the story that you guys find in the Darwin carpet? Wasn't it like just like you know right outside the hotel or something like that, or wherever you guys were staying? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I I mean that's happened to me quite a few times where I've been out like beating the bushes and getting scratched up and ripped up, and I and I kind of give up and come back to the hotel or go back to the accommodations and like you know I I I was in Georgia you know at a conference and I was out herping early in the morning and. I just hadn't found much at all. I think I found a toad and like a little skink or something. Mm-hmm. I come back to the hotel and everybody's looking over the railing and I'm like, oh, and there's there's a couple and I'm like, oh, what you guys looking at? Oh, there's a couple of alligators swimming down below the hotel and I'm like, oh, thank you. <laughs> oh, oh, all right. I, then. <laughs> I walk around the corner and there's some guys looking in a bush and I'm like, oh, what you got? And, oh, there's a snake in here. I'm like, what? <laughs> and then, just right next to the hotel. I'm like, ah, oh, figures, you know. Yeah. Uh, he could have slept in. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Just. <laughs> Jesus. So, yeah. Don't forget to check the car parking lot. Before you drive <laughs> off. There might be. There's probably one sitting under your car. You know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it, 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 but that is... that kakadu gets hot. I mean, oh my gosh, I've never been in such a hot place in my life. Oh, I got outside looking for. You know, it started to heat up after the morning, and it just got. Scorchingly hot, so I I wouldn't blame an Owen Pelly for not coming out much, you know, above ground because it is a very uh, harsh environment. I think we temped the the sand and the shade, and it was like 150 degrees. Holy like, shit! I mean, your soles of your soles of your shoes are melting, you know, while you're walking around that place, and you just didn't want to be in the sun at all. Like I think we just. We were looking, and, you know, you're so intent on just looking in every nook and cranny, and you're just, like, focused on the finding the prize. And then all of a sudden you realize, man, if I don't get some shade or if I don't drink some water, I'm probably going to pass out and die right here. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I can't. 
So. Also, you went with people that might have actually saved you. Eric and Rob will leave me to die. No. Nah. So, you know. <laughs> oh, you got to remember, we were with Nick. And the whole oh, yeah, no, you're right. You're right. Nick, Nick was talking about how he, if we had to come to cannibalism, that he would probably eat any of us and then think twice about it. So. Yeah, he went, he yeah. went to cannibalism so fast. Like, normally it's like, oh, yeah. Like I mean, on edge, Jeez, we've been out here for two hours and Nick keeps looking at me. So, yeah, I mean, you know. Oh, he he was he, he was preemptively cannibalizing us. Yeah. Oh, like, God. Just in case I get hungry, you guys are on the Oh, oh no, no. get that. Oh man. So, this was the old Nick who didn't really watch his diet. Right. Oh, okay. <laughs> human human flesh factored into that, I guess. Oh, right. oh my God. Uh, and then the other the other funny story is we found one of those um night tigers the boyega irregularis oh cool um brown yeah, it is pink. cool and they're really cool up there they're like bright orange and white banded so you know keep an eye out for those they're really Ooh. cool they're mild mildly venomous but i don't think they're dangerous to humans i've seen people hold them and get bit and stuff but well, i probably wouldn't try to take find them out. out you know <laughs> try to avoid that you know but yeah but uh we were I, we found just this beautiful one um among all the geckos, you know, there was this, he was probably out chasing the geckos, but, mm-hmm. um, so I'm, I'm filming this thing going up the rocks and stuff. And I, it's in one of my videos on herping Darwin or something, but, uh, in the background, you can hear Nick taking a leak. <laughs> like, who, who is peeing while I'm filming? Come on guys. I don't want that in my video. Yeah. Oh, oh girl. So, that's we, awesome. We called him the the pissing cannibal for a couple <laughs> weeks there. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, Damn. Well, it that was, have, that was a fun trip. Being that this is going to be my first trip, do you have any kind of advice to give to just solely me on how to do this thing correctly, so I don't, I don't embarrass myself in front of these guys? <laughs> Well, I, I'm trying to think about that. So I'm thinking back to my first trip, like, and, and it was a little different because we got there and I was by myself, right? So okay. I was all alone um, for, for a couple days. I had my dad, but he was feeling sick, and so he went to a hotel, and I just said, Dad, I'm sorry. I know you're sick and you're not feeling well, but why don't you sleep? I'm going to go hurt. <laughs> so I took <laughs> off, like, First thing, you know, just hit the hit the ground running. We got that rental car, and I was out of there. And I went up into the tablelands, and I walked around a lake at night, you know, looking for whatever I could find. I found a leaf-tail gecko, found a, um, and then I was driving down off the tablelands on these windy roads, and there was a snake crossing the road, and I pulled over and you know got out, and it was a death adder, and I'm just over the moon, oh you know, finding these cool things, yeah. So, just you know, just drink it in, just enjoy it. And the main thing is don't don't be a drag on your herping companions. Like don't fall asleep when the lights go out. Like just you know, just give it your all. You can sleep when you get home. You can, you know, just give it your all and, and just be all in. And I'm sure you'll find plenty of stuff and you'll contribute to the trip, but just have fun with it, you know. And really, I mean, it is cool when you find your own thing, but it, it's almost just as cool when somebody else finds it because you can be excited for them. You can see the animal, you know. We, I remember uh, Rico found a, he flipped a board and there was this tail sticking out of the ground. Mm. And it was a monitor, you know, it was a varanid. And uh, we we're, we we're making guesses on what species it was, you know. So I was kind of make you know, have some fun with it, make a game out of it, see who can name that species. 
I when we were in in uh, Western Australia with uh, Steve Sharp and uh, my friend Mike Fredrickson, we were herping and oh, sorry, give my wife a kiss real quick. <laughs> and uh, you can you can leave that in or edit it out. I love my hey, wife. But, you know what um, works. So we, <laughs> we were we were cruising along and and uh, we we found a, a little snake like one of those burrowing species. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> I called it a tantilla. I'm like, oh, that is that a tantilla? And Steve just started laughing at me because he was. Um, you know, Tantilla is the North American genus of little snakes mm. that look about the exact same as these ones. So he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's Tantilla Hobart Smith Eye. <laughs> you know, <that> <laughs> Tantilla. So I got made fun of for that one. So, you know, you just roll with it. It's, it makes for good stories when you come back. So, Heck, yeah. Just, uh, embrace it. Live it. You know, just give it your all and have the best experience you can have. Awesome. I, th- I think you're starting in a good place, though, because there's a lot of cool stuff in, in Darwin. But, you know, if you have good eyes, I mean, you're younger than these guys, right? So you have a you have a leg up on them. You can be the eagle eyes. you got better eyes See, than they the, do. I don't the know. Problem is, don't. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come <laughs> out there thinking that I'm going to be the eagle eye guy who's going to be able to stick it out and be awake the entire time. And Keith McPeak is going to, like, bury me. Like, he's going to find it immediately. He's going to be... <laughs> I haven't slept in four days, boys. And it's going to be like, damn, dude. Like, I think the energy that comes off that well, man is ridiculous. So, Yeah. Here's here's another good story for you. So yep. we were cruising around in Western Australia, and it was me and Mike who loved, you know, uh, carpet pythons, and then Steve, who was a lizard guy. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, Steve, he's like, hey, guys, you know, how come I'm finding this thing? And he picks up an imbricata and he's holding it up. And we're like, dang it, how do you, indeed, how do you find the imbricata? And we're not finding the imbricata. So, yeah, that was kind of funny. So the lizard guy found the carpet python. So, you know, there's there's definitely hope for you even. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So don't don't, uh, give up the fight before you even... Fight it. <laughs> I, I, I'm ex, I'm, you know what I feel like? I feel like what a parent must feel like on Christmas morning. Um, like, <laughs> yeah. meaning that, like, you're so excited that your kids are experiencing this thing. And, like, I feel like that's how I'm going to feel with <laughs> Owen because I know what's about uh-huh. to happen to him and he doesn't know what's <laughs> about to happen to him. And, like, right. Just knowing mm. Owen, he, he's, I'm telling you, man, dude, I, I, I cannot oh, yeah. explain He's to you. Only, only Justin can understand on this phone call <laughs> what's about to yeah. happen to well, you. And it, <laughs> at the same time, you get to be the parent and the kid because you're yes. going to a new area. And yes. You get a, you know, you're waking up on Christmas morning going, where's my present? You yes. Know, uh, <laughs> it's the best. It's just, and it gets in your blood. Like you want to do it again and again. Like, you know how it is. It's, you can't wait to get back. You plan your next trip, you know, as soon as you get back almost. So it really invigorates you. And I, I mean, I get like almost as excited getting home and go, getting to go through my pictures and, you know, post, yeah. posting what I found and, you know, it's really exciting. So, yeah, I think, I think you'll, you're all right with a phone. Like that's kind of a cool thing to do. So I would recommend, oh, and you know, you're looking for a job here. Mm-hmm. I would say, uh, or I would make your job like, the uh the phone guy you know taking pictures with his phone but you could document and record like the the precise location 
um, of the animals you find. You know, you can have a, a voucher picture of it with like the GPS coordinates. You know, mm -hmm. find some find some app that'll let you do that, and then everybody's going to be begging you for that information. You know, when you get back, <laughs> I, have, I have exact GPS coordinates for every animal we found on the trip. You know, that could be. That could be your your job on the trip. Works for me. I can do that. Hmm. Yeah, I like this. Yeah, <laughs> I I did that. Or we we the three of us kind of worked on that together. But we uh, have a have a little file with all the GPS coordinates, and and uh, it worked out really nice. I I put it in this app that I had, and it made this nice little like multi-page printout of all the animals and their GPS coordinates. It was pretty sweet. Wow. Nice. Yeah. Here did I you? Oh, uh, go ahead, Owen. I'm sitting here. I was thinking I was going to have to just keep an eye out for what is it called now? Uh, Yowie or whatever the hell it is. <laughs> Yowie. Yeah. The Yowies? Yeah. yeah. Yowies and drop bears and yep. yeah, all the make the make believe monkeys. Why is why is <laughs> yeah. Jason why is Jason Balin calling me? He knows what we're doing, right? Oh no, wait. It's a Monday <laughs> it's, now. It's Monday. Whatever. I'll. I'll deal with him in a minute. Right. <laughs> Leave that in the show, too. I want him to know. <laughs> uh, tell him hello for me. I'll I will. <laughs> I will tell him later. Yeah. You interrupted a yeah. Justin, um, Justin show. Yeah. <laughs> cool. The, um, what was the other one? So, oh, you can you can also be the brake man, Owen. <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> In us, in Australia, this has happened to me three or four times now, so it's kind of embarrassing. But when I get when I see something on the road and I get really excited, sometimes I jump out of the car and I don't put on the brake, <laughs> and so the car starts rolling. Sometimes towards the object that I'm looking at, you know. So when uh, we were in Darwin area and we found a big olive python across the road. I jumped out of the car and started running over with the rest of the guys. Luckily, Peter Burt stayed in the vehicle and pulled the emergency brake, so we didn't run over said Olive Python. Oh, jeez. Or, or you trying to, like, get the thing. is like, it could have hit you, too, because you were running towards the <laughs> yeah. Olive. Like, yeah, all right. I'll make sure Eric yep, doesn't run yep. himself over. I got it. <laughs> you can you can save everybody's lives and be the hero of the trip. There we go. See, I like that. That's a good one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and I mean, I don't know if you like other other you know birds or mammals or whatever. You could be the I do. ID guy for other I other am, species that you know. I, I'm slightly yeah. obsessed with kangaroos. I mean, like you know, I I raised yeah. several, so I just mm -hmm. I would love to see them in the wild too because I, you know I've had joeys bouncing around my house and seeing them out where they're supposed to be is kind of awesome. Um, yeah, I can also uh, I mean, make. Kookaburra sounds. So, you know, that's another thing is I might be able to try to get that going. If I find them, I'll get them all jazzed that's up. Awesome. And yeah, so get them riled up and get them all oh, riled yeah, up. That'd be a cool experience. Hours. <laughs> yeah. Because, I mean, you know, we were, we were with a bunch of reptile people, but, you know, they didn't, we, we don't know all the species, and especially no. when it gets into mammals or birds and things. So, you know, if you can ID other stuff and they're taking pictures and you get to say, oh, that's a whatever, a um, poorly wumba, you know. Yeah, it's it's, 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 
It's a Wally Dingo. It's like whatever they called it in the Simpsons episode. Um, but, yeah, 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 exactly. Um, but uh, I would have called it a no, yeah. exactly the bullfrog. Yeah, um, I'm a little. You gotta get that, get that quote, get that soundbite on the just, show. Just through that, yeah. Get out, get out, shoot, shoot, get out of here. Ugh. These bloody things are everywhere. They're in the lift, in the lorry, in the bone wizard, and all over the Malonga Gildachuck. They're like kangaroos, but they're reptiles, they is. We have them in America. They're called bullfrogs. What? That's an odd name. I'd have called them chazwazers. That's another fun thing when you can ID other, other animals. You know, you think of kangaroos like... Oh, kangaroo. But there's how many species of kangaroo? There's a ton well, of different kangaroo species. Yeah. You know, wall, wallabies. wallaroos and wallabies yeah. and potteroos and all sorts of things. So, well, and Eric yeah. almost saw an echidna when he was out the last time, but apparently he committed suicide. <laughs> committed suicide. So it's oh, like no. jumped off a cliff. It's like, it's like oh. So I would have really done They're like this indestructible, stat. man. Those things are tough. So he probably was just escaping. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He just, just came up laughing, you know. But yeah, they're <laughs> they're tough little animals, and yeah. they're they're every nook and cranny of Australia. So you have a chance of seeing one up there as much as you do anywhere else. A little disappointed I don't yeah, see Cassowary, and I'm like a little disappointed I'm not in Cassowary country. Um, my girlfriend, on the other hand, is happy because she's 99% convinced I would run up to one and try to make friends. So yeah. <laughs> Hey, that's what I did. I, exactly. Thank you. I got as close, <laughs> as close as you could. And, you know, I, I, I asked so that we went to a zoo and they let you feed the cassowaries. And I, well, apparently mm-hmm. their, like, GI tract is, like, really short. You know, they, they like, pass things through really quick. But, like, you could, she's, like, gives us this tomato. I'm like, here, toss this to it. And you throw it over the fence and they, like, catch it in their mouth and just swallow it whole. It's pretty impressive. But, yeah, we got Damn. to feed cassowaries. And uh, I, I asked her, I'm like, so, you know, everybody says, oh, they're such dangerous, they can kill people. And I said, how many recorded fatalities have been due to a cassowary attack? And she said, well, I think there's only one, you know, documented cassowary fatality. And it was a boy that was trying to kill the cassowary. And the cassowary turned and kicked him and ripped open his guts and he died. Damn. So, you know, All right. So I, you know, I think the danger might be a little hyped up, which you'll find pretty common in Australia. Like okay. Everything's <laughs> danger, danger, danger. You know. Right. But right. Most of the stuff over there is just wants to run away from you. You know, I, I'm, I'm encountering these venomous snakes, and I'm trying to run to catch up to them because they took off as fast as they could in the opposite direction. They didn't want to have anything to do with me. You know. So, yeah, that's one of the things you like. Wait, I thought this thing was supposed to be trying to kill me because yeah, it's so I thought it deadly, chased you know, people. So. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> so, and it's running the other way, and I'm trying to keep mm-hmm. up with it. So, yeah. But yeah, there's you're you're in for it, man. It's your your life as you know it is over. You're just gonna have okay, to good. <laughs> move to Australia or make a lot of money so you can go over there every year or twice a year, I guess. Eric and. Yeah, it's um, Rob and Eric are going to be over there every three months, you know, in a few years. <laughs> yeah. 
Dude, I can't get enough of it. I can't. I just. I, I, can't, I know. I can't. I can't. And it's such a big country, and there's so many different species to go find. You know. So. There's. And, and you might go over there and miss a couple. So you got to go back to that same area. You know. I'm right. thinking. Yes. <laughs> I need to go back to Alice Springs because I was there. And I saw a lot of cool stuff, but I missed some of the things I really wanted to see. You know, or saw them dead on the road or something, and I didn't find them out and active and happy. So I need to go back there and a few other places and i miss some species in western australia got to go back there you know there's mm-hmm. the list goes on so what's <laughs> the what's the what's the top of the list the species yeah. that you want to see like what's the thing that avoided that, like, you uh, <laughs> what's, what's that white oh, whale man, you know those questions are like impossible <laughs> they're, they're, um, I, yeah i i mean i i did i did find well and and it was steve that found it so steve uh, so I probably should go back and find my own, but Parenti was, was the top of the list. And I got to see one in the wild, and that was just phenomenal. I mean, I could have followed that thing all day long, and uh, it was it was just incredible. So I was uh, – but, you know, it would be cool to see more of those for sure. But I think of the ones that I haven't found yet, um, I really, really want to see a Centralian blue tongue skink. I want to ah. see the brettles. I want to find all the, you know, the rest of the Australian pythons. I think I'm only missing Imbricata, Bredeli, Carinata, um, an Owen Pelly, and a Western um, olive, Barron's olive python. I think that's it. And then I need to find a live children's python. The only children's pythons we saw were dead. Mm. Oh, wow. I think I found everything else. Oh, maybe an Eastern Stimpsons. I've found plenty of westerns, but no easterns yet. So that's Dude. that's another one that should have been a a gimme in in Central Australia. I should have found one of those, but it was like the wettest year on record, so it was a little a little rough there. You know, one that I'm hoping that we come across would be a black-headed python. That's oh yeah, that's oh, uh, they're <laughs> they're fun to find. Yeah, yeah. We they're, could. They're very cool, and Walmas are just oh. as, you know, fun to find as well. Well, we won't be yeah. in their territory, right? We won't. Nope. No, no, no. Yeah. Farther no, west, they're, right? they're over. Yeah, and south. Yeah. Next, see, see, Owen, see, you got to go back, well, man. <laughs> now, my my question is, Justin, after you've conquered Australia and caught up all the things that you want to catch, would you consider herping other places, or is this that you never think you're going to be done with Australia? You can't be. I'm, I'm not asking you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and that's the nice thing about my job is it takes me to different places, you know, in the world and stuff. Mm-hmm. I've gotten to go. I, I wouldn't mind like going to, um, you know, certain places in South America or, or even in the U.S. You know, there's places I need to get out to in the U.S. and species I haven't found in the U.S. and um, you know, some of the Middle Eastern countries that would be really cool go find yeah. one of those spider-tailed vipers yes out in the wild yeah would be cool uh, there's just again there's so many cool reptiles i really want to hurt madagascar before it's burned to the ground um yeah it's depressing yeah, <laughs> that's, yeah. that that's one that i'd like to see uh sooner than later but it's just difficult to get there and i don't know it's it's easy just to go to australia and rent a car and you know, I speak the language and you know, yeah. know know the territory a little bit, so it's not as 
I'm used to driving on the other side of the road, then, you know, probably 20,000 miles on the wrong side of the road up to this point. So, <laughs> uh, Nick yeah. said at one point you will try to kill everyone in the car because you will forget that it's the other side of the road. So he says that'll happen at least once. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. The worst, the worst is when you make a turn and there's a divider. You know, oh God! Between the right and left, oh and you're like, wait, oh which God. side do I go on? You, oh my you, God. you invariably go on the wrong side. You yeah. Know, it's, it's, yeah. Oh. Just try to stay in. That's why I like going in the outback because there's not a lot of people to run into out there. Although I was on a dirt road in the dark, you know, driving along, and I'm thinking, what's this idiot doing? He's coming straight at me. <laughs> like, oh crap! I'm on the wrong. It's, oh shit! It's his lane. I'm in his lane. <laughs> So I just were, yeah. Oh my that was, god! That could have ended poorly. And that was that first night. I was in my first trip in Australia. My first night out in the middle of nowhere. I don't. I don't know what the crap I would have done if I would have ran into somebody out in the middle oh of nowhere. That would have been. That would have ended poorly. But luckily, I realized it was me that was the idiot, not the other guy. Right. Wow. Uh, yeah. No, <laughs> I, New Zealand was I, you know, so I, my dad wanted to go to New Zealand because uh, he had been there as a, you know, 19, 20 year old um, back in the day. And he set up a trip and that's when I broke my ankle and wasn't able to go. But then I Sucks. did a makeup trip the following year and went with a couple of cousins and a, one of my cousin's friend and had a it was just a great trip. Beautiful place. But there's so many cool geckos in New Zealand. I just. Um, these bright green Altinus geckos, just amazing. Um, so I wouldn't mind getting back into New Zealand and doing some real herping there, getting out with some of the locals. And, you know, I mean, even for the locals, they're difficult to find. So if you find any of those uh, green species, you're, you're doing really good. But we were yeah. in one area, the last area, and just found like a dozen of these um, the worthiest species. I don't even think they have a name yet. They're just like... Um, species without a name yet, but they were just really cool. And there's about every third rock had a gecko under it. So I was in paradise on my last day there. You know, <laughs> it was really cool. It was uh, it was in the land of Rohan where that yeah. was filmed. Well, but that's I was herping the land of Rohan and <laughs> finding geckos. Nice. <laughs> Doesn't get much better than that. So, well, that's yeah, the thing is cool. like. If we go to New Zealand, it would be for me to release Eric back into his natural habitat. And, you know, <laughs> it'd be like this scene where they, the boy's chasing his dog away. Like, go, I don't want, don't you understand? Go. And he'd run off into the field and be a hobbit. And, it, you know, it. Oh, Owen's oh, got tears running down. Yeah, the just yeah. don't you understand? Like, yeah, it'd be very sad. <laughs> so. Rob will come uh, out of nowhere and start yelling at you. What did you do? I let him go. The show would die. The show would be over. But yeah, um, yeah. No, I picked cool. up a field guide. There's there's a field guide called the Reptiles and Amphibians in New Zealand by Van uh, Winkle, Bowling, and Hitchinmo. And it's uh, it's fantastic. I mean, you want to see the diversity of just cool gecko species. That's the that's the book. It's kind of um, like they don't really talk about book. New Zealand herps that often. So like, it's really yeah. cool to hear that there's like a lot going on there that people aren't really paying attention to. Oh yeah, I mean, well, and it's you know they're working on the taxonomy, and that's why so many of these things are unnamed. They've they've been found and they're trying to figure out how wide their range is. And I mean, they're very difficult to find in some cases. And so that makes it difficult, but there's, you know, a good, uh, 
20, 30 species of gecko in cool. New Zealand, and some are just amazingly bright green or mottled crazy patterns and um, just really cool, cool lizards. So I'd like to eventually get back there and do a little more herping there. That would be cool. Let's take another. If you don't find any herbs, the scenery is just fantastic. So, mm-hmm. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. You know, kind of makes it makes it a little less crushing when you don't find all the stuff you want to find. <laughs> yeah, I was enjoying, yeah, I was enjoying seeing those pictures. Seeing... Whoa, that was weird. Yeah, yeah, that was weird. And when you were posting them up from New Zealand, that was uh, that was pretty sweet. <laughs> oh yeah, Every... it was it was incredible. Uh, every day, yeah. Justin would be saying, like, oh, this is what I woke up to today in New Zealand. And you could see it on Facebook, and you're just like, oh, so jealous. <laughs> well, I mean, New Zealand itself is one of those other places that just has a bunch of weird stuff that live there. They just happen to live there. I mean, the yeah, uh, I mean, the Tuatara. I mean, come on. Mm-hmm. That itself is awesome. Oh, yeah. yeah, that was... Uh... That was one thing we didn't uh, get to see much of. There was we went to the Arana Wildlife Park and they had uh, a huge uh, collection of different of the native geckos as well as some tuatars. And they had baby tuatars just hanging That's out on, so cool. you know, on this page. It was so cool. I'd never seen a baby tuatara. They're really cool looking. But uh, yeah, I mean, all their most of the geckos there are live bearing, and that's you know what? fairly rare for geckos. But yeah, I mean they're they're very southernly distributed and most geckos are you know more tropical or sub subtropical desert that kind of thing so it's kind of weird they're you know just uh just most of this most of the animals on new zealand are live bearing as far as the reptiles go so pretty crazy yeah they have those like yeah, giant parrots crazy. that walk on the ground too the like uh oh, uh kakapo 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 yeah. <laughs> So cool. I I was dying to see a Kia. I really wanted to see a Kia, and they were just kind of eluding me. You know, I'd hear them calling or seeing them from a distance. Yeah. And finally, like the last day of the trip, there was a Kia on top of the bus trying to dismantle it. You know, I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) I'm out there taking picture after picture trying to, I was so, I was so excited. But yeah, there's so many cool things to see in this I mean, even when you get into like the wettest, like that, 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 first off, yeah. no, <laughs> like, no, yeah, hold one of those things. Yeah. Let it chomp on your finger a little. No. Is that a carrot? <laughs> yeah. What the hell? Yeah. Oh, it moved. Like, yeah, no, uh, uh-uh. but it's still cool to look at. I mean, that's yeah. yeah. New Zealand's one of my places I'd probably go to and have too much fun. So yeah. There's yeah. A lot of cool stuff there. That's another, uh, speaking of big insects, uh, when you're road cruising in Northern Territory, a lot of times you'll come across these stick insects, mm-hmm. and you'll see them as you drive past them. You know, you'll see them in the headlights, and you'll be like, oh, it looks like a gecko or something. And then you get out of your car, and you're searching, and I swear those things are invisible. Like, they're so hard <laughs> to see when you've got a flashlight on the road or your headlamp or whatever. They're, like, invisible. And so mm-hmm. you're looking around. Finally, you just kind of stumble into it, and you're like, oh, it was a stick insect. You know, <laughs> like, it wasn't any reptile. But it's still mm-hmm. kind of cool to see these big old, you know, stick insects. And I think they were pretty good size up there. But, yeah, you'll, you'll have a few of those trick you here and there. But, yeah, they're kind of funny. Yeah. Uh, that would be cool. Too many, too many cool critters. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, a problem. There's too much cool stuff to see. Yep. Where where are you guys planning next? You got the, that already figured out? 
Uh, Western Australia. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you have a hard time beating Western Australia for just the sheer amount of cool herbs. And, yep, I might have to join you guys for that one. Hell yeah, <laughs> man. Uh, it's a cool place. <laughs> I just love love Western Australia. Um, that's it's, it's just hard to beat. I, I would go back there anytime I could, I think. Um, we're planning. I'm, I'm, I just found out our, our next, uh, or well, not the next one, but the one after is in uh, Gold Coast, Australia. So I'm hoping to, I mean, it's during, it's in May or, or April. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of late, almost early fall or, or uh, so not the best time of year. So I'm thinking of heading up into the Kimberley and trying my hand up there if I can afford it. But that would be sweet. Just to extend my trip Ooh, by yeah. a couple of weeks and head, yeah. up, head up to the Kimberley. That's another place I want to see before the cane toads move through. <laughs> mm, for sure. Yeah. I'm feeling really, really adventurous. I might try to go find a uh, rough scale, but we'll see. See if that's possible. <laughs> that's well, a long drive up there. Yeah. yeah. We, what's his name? Was uh, um, Jake last Jake? Night, last week was talking yeah. about that man. That was. I thought uh, that they were impossible was, to find, but according to him, it's. Not, I know. <laughs> it's not that. Yeah, hard. right. There, I'm, there were three or four Australians that you know, three or four groups or trips that went up there and found them. I'm like, man, maybe they are. Maybe it's just more accessible now than it was back in the day because there's some yeah. roads that just weren't weren't there, weren't paved, or were impassable. You know, back in the day. So. Yeah, I remember. I remember when Terry Phillip was talking about them on Reptile Radio, long, long, like, yeah, that was uh-huh. a long time ago. And he was saying, you know, he was yeah. explaining about, like, where there are. And, like, he's like, yeah, you have to take helicopters to get there. And it's like, in this oh, room, God. <laughs> you know, it's like you, you, you'll be there for like a month. And, you know, <laughs> like, oh, oh yeah. God. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I was listening to one of the guys that was on that trip with that first trip with John Weigel, and he was talking about, being in a inflatable raft and like saltwater crocodiles were like bumping into it. No, like no, it. no, <laughs> no. <laughs> knock it over. You know, like holy crap. Oh so god, no. life and limb for you know go find these snakes. And now you can just drive up there and find them in a canyon. You know, uh, <laughs> no it's gotta hit, it's gotta be a little bit worse to be like you know I wished uh, crocodile infested waters in an inflatable. You. Had air conditioning the entire way and went right up. Well, like, right? Yeah, come on. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> and I, I, I found out that the, I think it's Tourism Australia, like uh, it's either Western Australia or Northern Territory will um, help you help you out with a rental. So like you can have unlimited miles and like in a four-wheel drive because that's really hard to find anybody hmm. that will rent you a four-wheel drive. But uh, apparently the tourism group wants to promote, you know, visiting the Kimberley. So they'll, they'll find you deals where you can afford to get a, a vehicle that will make it up there into the Kimberley. So they, and mm-hmm. apparently there's more and more people hitting the Kimberley. Um, so I guess that's, that plan is working and they're getting more tourists up there. I've read a lot of different blogs and, you know, things like that that talk about going up there. So. Huh. It's getting to be more of a reality these days. So, wow! You know, I want to try to make it up there before the king toads kill everything. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. Oh, and that was something that really kind of like that that 
I, you know, you hear about that, but then when you mm. actually see it, it's like a whole, it's different. You know, you, you're like, oh, no, this is bad. <laughs> is that, that's why you run them over with the car. I mean, you but know. But I was torn. I was torn. I didn't want to kill the turtle, yeah. you know, it's and it was like. like spotted oh, this, lantern flies yeah. out here. You this, ain't supposed to be here, crush it. This like, poor, you know, this yeah. poor <laughs> toad didn't ask to come here. Some knucklehead decided it would yeah. be a good idea to put it here. And you're like, but at the same time, you're exactly. killing pythons, so I'm going to run you over. Exactly. <laughs> you know. You're just torn. <laughs> I, there's actually a new paper out by uh, Rick Shine that was talking about cane toads and their impact and and that it's really um, they're they're making some inroads and like actually the toads are are becoming kind of a normal part and things are rebounding and and it's not as doomsday as we initially thought. Um, oh, so really? That's kind of it, it was a, it was a good news paper I thought you know so. It makes me feel because I was the same way. Like I didn't want to run them over. And like they're like hit it, hit it, and I'd like, oh, I, I'm. I I'm missed it. Interested. I'm not really good at this. You know, Sorry, yeah. guys. Like I just couldn't do it. Like I couldn't bring myself. I, yeah, same kind of. You know, it's not their fault. It's stupid humans' fault that they're right. here, and they're mm. they are cool animals. Like right. they're beautiful, and yeah, you know, in their own way. So you can know. lick them. I mean, that, you that know. The, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You get high. Purple yeah, haze. You, you didn't really want to do this, yeah. Are <laughs> you going to walk about? Yeah. Oh, jeez. I can see it now. Owen's licking a cane toe. I can walk across this water here at Fog Dam. No problem. <laughs> I'm invincible. <laughs> That's the last thing he said. We recovered his shoe the next day, yeah. So... Uh, <laughs> Uh, that's maybe that's another job Owen could have. He could be there the cane toad guide. Whoever, yeah. whoever wanted to lick the cane toad, Owen could make sure they did it safely. And exactly. He guided Not them. So they yeah. Die. Don't freak out. Oh. Yeah. Dear, oh dear. Oh boy. Yeah. Cool. Oh, you're in for it, Owen. This is going to be a cool trip. You should. Yeah. You know. Regardless of you know how many you find or what species you find, you're gonna see something that you you're just gonna want you want to go back and try it again, you know, try to and go to other areas. It's just gonna be a cool experience, sure. Hopefully, yeah. Yeah, I call yeah. it like uh, if you ever want to reboot yourself um, in the hobby, or you feel like you're getting burnt out, or like you know. This yeah. is this is something you should do, you know, go go herping. Yeah. And like yeah. all of a sudden you're just you come back and you're just rejuvenated and you're excited and you just have a different perspective on things. And like you were talking about earlier, Justin, you, you know, you might change some of your uh, approach to husbandry or, you know, just just things to think about because you were in their environment. And you felt that heat. And you felt that, you know, humidity or whatever yeah. it is, you know, so. Cool yeah. stuff, and that and that's where how that's how we all started out, right? With that fascination yeah. for the frog or the snake in your yard, you know, and just watching it move through the environment and thinking about it and getting excited about it, want to watch it eat, you know, all those kind of things. It takes you back to that childlike state of just pure curiosity and excitement and joy over the natural world. You know, we we get uh, we get into the state where we're we're getting all the things in captivity that we want to keep and you know we've got a really cool collection 
but you know, it kind of becomes mundane. I've heard you guys kind of talk about that where, Mm -hmm. you know, this thing that you wanted forever, you get it. And then it's like, Oh yeah. Okay. Now I've got it. Now what's next? You know, what do I, Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. I think, you know, when you get back to the, to your roots of, of getting out into nature and seeing things in the wild, um, it gives you that excitement again for it. And you may have kept it for 20 years. You come home and you see it with it in a different light. You see it, you know, through different eyes and you're like, excited again and rejuvenated like you said yeah and it just you know there's there's nothing like that you know and and that's that's what i think everybody needs everybody needs to get outside more and and it's kind of a catch-22 because the more cool animals you get the more time you have to spend taking care of those animals and the less time you have to get away so i think that's Mm. why a lot of guys kind of get out of keeping and get it more into field herping because it gets them into that state of excitement and joy and you know uh, childlike wonder, whatever, which mm-hmm, you know, we mm. need more of in this world anyway. So it's, it's a win-win that way. But I think there's a, you know, a balance. You can keep stuff, but you can also, you also need to get out into their environment and, and see them and experience them in the wild. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Herptological high. That's what it's all. <laughs> That's what there you go. Right. <laughs> yep. I tell you what, that, you know, that, that first night that I was in Cairns that I was telling you about uh-huh. uh, mm-hmm. going up in the highlands, I was out until four or five in the morning Jesus. and I, I, you know, and I just come over on a plane and <laughs> I'm out driving for eight hours after I land in the country. And I was just had no desire to sleep. I was just like, wired you know it was like yeah. some drug i was on like, <laughs> you know her her speed or something you know so i was just out there just no problem you know and i i get back home i slept for a few hours get up again do it the next day you know we went up and went up into some of these areas found a boyd's forest dragon for the first time you know that image of that lizard on that tree is ingrained in my mind and will be there for the rest of my life it was one of the coolest experiences so yeah, it's just no beating that feeling. Yeah. Yeah. I'm hoping we find a... It's like uh, watching your first egg hatch. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Uh-huh. That's very close to that, yes. Uh, yes. That first time yeah. you see that little yeah. head pip out of the egg, you're like... Holy crap, I did it. Yeah. I did it. <laughs> well, I didn't do anything. I just sort of like... <laughs> Holy crap, the male and the female that I locked in the same cage did something. Like, yeah, yeah I got it. <laughs> But it never gets old, right? It no, never no. gets old to watch a snake hatch, you know? Every does. time you get eggs hatched, you're like, oh, sweet. You know, it's just the best. That's thing is, like, it's yeah. these things kind of come in, like, waves where it's, like, maybe you kind of feel a little burnout. You kind of feel a little, ugh, same thing, clean waters, clean cages, feed snakes, da da da, da. Then babies hatch, and you're like, oh, like, it keep, brings you back up. Because the babies have yeah. hatched, or they're yeah. hatching, and you're like, oh, the new stuff, and the check this one out, and oh my god, what's that one look like? And look at this one's feisty as hell, and oh, this one won't eat, yeah. and then it kind of you dive down a little bit more, and then mm-hmm. it kind of pick yourself back up again because it's time to pair, and it's time to consider what the pairing should be, who should go with which, what are they going to look like, what are those babies going to do? So it's kind of like brings you back up but babies hatching is always what kind of pulls me out of the dumps and back into the high life so uh i it never gets old yeah Yeah. and i mean herping australia is hatching a baby times 10 i mean it's like (laughs) yeah finding finding that species in the wild it just yeah it keeps you going and keeps you motivated for 
you know, a long uh, time to come. So I think I could die happy if I found a rough scale python in the wild. So. <laughs> right. We're going to yeah. get you there, yeah. Owen. Uh, <laughs> I wouldn't want to come back. <laughs> Just leave me here with the roughies. Yeah. I'll join them. Yeah. Well, hope, hopefully I'll have some intel for you in a couple of years. Unless Sweet. you beat me to it. But well, then you can provide me with some intel. <laughs> yeah. You know. I mean, you got to tell me what, what animals you need me to take pictures of. If I find it, I'll do it. Or Eric will, because he's oh, got yeah. the better camera. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, any Dar... I mean, if you guys find any Darwin carpets, too, I'm sure we'll be able to fit them in the book. And, you know, we're always looking for specimens of, you know, wild with known locality. And it doesn't have to be pinpoint locality, but, you know, general area and, and good photos of them. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, speaking cool, of that, so keep an eye out for. I gotta send. Carpets. I gotta especially send. outside of the Darwin area because it seems like they're very difficult to find outside of Darwin. <laughs> yeah, that's what I hear. Yeah. So. Yeah. So if you find one in Litchfield or some cool place like that, you know, oh, make sure you get lots of pictures. Yeah. Don't that worry. Go in the book for sure. <laughs> you gotta get me a carpet. We yeah, gotta you got a carpet. We gotta find a carpet while I'm over there. I don't care what it is. But you gotta, we gotta find a carpet. <laughs> well, that's what I kept telling Rob yeah. on our first trip, and you know, I kept telling him like, dude, if we travel all this way and I don't see a carpet python, I'd probably be <laughs> kind of a little bummed out, you know. So like, Rob's mission yeah. was to find yeah. a carpet python, and sure enough, that first night, man, there it was right on the road. Bam, that was awesome. It's nice to get it over with quick, oh, right? Yeah, yes. how the Darwin was, you know. <laughs> yeah. First night, there it is. Okay, we're right. we're good. We can anything we find is gravy. Yes. Yeah. Oh man, dude, that was so cool to see yeah. a carpet python in the wild on the side of a road, just like <laughs> freaking chilling in some grass, and you're just like, what? This is nuts. Yeah. Oh yeah. Holy oh shit. yeah. Yep. Uh, but yeah, it doesn't get much better than that. So, <laughs> um, as we're winding down on time, there's two things. Well. Um, the first thing, like, what's on deck for your your upcoming season? Are you doing anything that you've never done before or uh, trying some new species that you uh, haven't bred before? Or what do you got? Um, yeah, I have. <laughs> I, was, oh. <laughs> I was very fortunate enough to – well, I, uh, maybe I shouldn't say it here. I might have to tell you. Okay. Person, oh, so. off air. Oh, it's one <laughs> gotcha. of those. No, I, well, <laughs> I could probably say it's probably not that big a deal, but um, I, you know, I had a had a pretty good year. The Antaresia, I got some spotted pythons, some striped spotted this year, which was pretty fun, and I uh, got some brettles, so that was nice to have hatch them again, and nice. um, you know, had a had a western blue tongue skink born, which was. You know, I was over the moon about that was really exciting for me and really happy to have that uh, happen. So um, hopefully I can repeat that this next year. But um, I I was able to get some uh, Gammon Ranges carpet pythons and I hatched out a clutch of Gammons. <gasps> so. uh, <laughs> uh, what? Wait. What? <laughs> <laughs> un, un, unfortunately, I only got three, and they're all males, which kind of bums me out. And I'm well, really having a hard time getting these stupid things to eat, but they're just gorgeous. I mean, they're really cool snakes. So, Eric, I need um, you to breathe, all right? Because I, I hear you holding your breath. Okay? <laughs> I know. I just fell out of the chair. <laughs> 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 but I, 
I had heard, I'd heard some had come into the, you know, country besides the ones I had from Europe. So I was like, well, they're, they're out there, you know? So, mm-hmm. um, I guess I can probably talk about them, but yeah, that's one of the highlights of, of my year for sure. So Holy shit. Really that's cool. To be able to... <laughs> are you going to try to redo, yeah. are you going to try to do them again this year being that you got all boys? Uh, no, I mean, I euthanized the adults after I got the uh, adults. <laughs> you're gone, you're dead, just burned. Oh, yeah, of course well, I am. I'm dumb question, Owen. Definitely <laughs> try it again. I need, I need some females, you know. i gotta, got to try it again. So, yeah, they're definitely being paired again this year. And, cool. Um, so we'll see what happens. But All right, so if you produce uh, some. Beautiful I'll, animals. I'll pay for your yeah. trip to Western Australia. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a deal. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Uh, that is yeah. really cool. You have to show yeah, me some pictures of them. Pretty, they're, they're badass. Yeah. They're beautiful animals, like really cool snakes. So, yeah, I'm I'm really fortunate to, to be able to work with them. And um, so hopefully it works out again this next year. Um, I, I'm not aware of if, if anybody else has produced them or if anybody else is working with them, you know, give me a shout out and contact me because I'd like to, I don't know who, who got them when, you know, they were imported this year. I just know if somebody brought them in. So I'd like to visit with that person at some point, Cool. <laughs> swap notes or whatever, but yeah. So well, I bet if they're, they're uh, out there, they're, they're listening. <laughs> so yeah, I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> So. That's well, awesome. and if they made it to the end, then they deserve to hear that information, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. If they if they stuck around, this is when we usually uh, drop all the really good knowledge, and also the yeah. let's see if people are actually listening, because um, then you know <laughs> later when we get questions, we're like, you didn't listen to the show. So yeah, it's <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh, so don't cool. tell anybody. Just let them, you know, let, let them, let them come to us. Yeah, right. exactly. Oh, that's, exactly. That's badass, man. That's really cool. That is yeah, really cool. And, there, and that, that was another thing, you know, that doing the research for the second edition of the book is looking into those gammon ranges and, and Flinders ranges animals. That's, that's a unique population. I think, you know, that Aussie wildlife show uh, podcast, they interviewed the, I can't remember the guy's name. Oh, yes. Anyway, yes, I remember he, that. He talked about the uh, Metcalf, uh, Metcalfi and, and kind of the Flinders Ranges animals being something unique and distinct. And, you know, some of the genetic information showing they have some ties to Imbricata. So, you know, it's, it's, uh, they're definitely unique. And they're pretty isolated up there. Like there's no, like the Metcalfi populations don't come within, you know, maybe 150 miles or of the, of the uh, Metcalfi, you know, between the Flinders Ranges and Gammon Ranges animals with the other um, carpets in the area. They're almost closer in proximity to Bredeli than they are to the Metcalfi, so hmm. interesting. That is cool. But Here's definitely cool, cool animal. I think that might be the cover of the Carpet Python book, is this oh. carpet that's just freaking amazing, just red. Oh, it's so beautiful. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, we're we like to have you know like on the carpet python book we put a brettles python so yeah, right. we gotta shake it up a little bit. Yep. Cool. Let people know that brettles are carpets pythons just because they're you know a different species doesn't mean they're not carpets but centralian carpet python right. Right. Uh, <laughs> so got to reiterate that. That's gonna be hard. <laughs> the, the last question I would ask is were they 
where did they fit in breeding wise? Were they did you just regular carpets? Did were they more of a spring breeder or? Well, I, they kind of took me by surprise because uh, they. I, I wasn't expecting them. I didn't realize they were gravid. I had just barely paired them up, and oh. you know it was mm. not too long after that. So I paired them up in in the spring. So mm-hmm. like the spring, so they they would fit into the spring breeder, and that makes sense because yeah. of where they are and sure. you know other species in close proximity. They're also spring breeders, so yeah, they're they're more of a spring breeder, I would think. But you know, I put them together in the spring, so I don't know. <laughs> Right. If, uh, if they would have bred earlier, or, you know, whatnot. But I would, I would assume that, and that's why I put them together was because I assumed they would be spring breeders. Spring breeders. So, okay. Yeah, they've, they had shout maybe uh, two months ago or so, maybe a little less than that. So. Yeah. Wow. Man, that must have been hard to hit on, sit on that info. Yeah. <laughs> like you must have been like, oh, oh yeah. <laughs> I know. Well, and I was, I wasn't gonna say anything, but I, uh, I figured you guys would appreciate it. And do we do? I also heard that others, you know, came in from Europe. So yeah. I guess kind of, they're they're coming in. So people, people know about them enough, I guess, that they're they're here. So that'll work out, I guess. But, yeah, I think it was what. And like we said, you know. Oh, only real fans are going to hear to the end of this anyway. So. That's right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Everybody else cuts out. Yeah. I remember on uh, before before it was known that that was even a thing. Somebody, I think they were in Japan or something, posted up a picture of them and said what they were on Morelia Pick of the Week, and I was like, "Oh, oh really? shit! <laughs> we better hide that post real quick <laughs> because I don't think that." Uh, People want that posted, uh, so we just kind of whoop. <laughs> uh, that's cool. Okay, all right. Um, yeah, I mean, where can uh, people touch base with you, Justin? Where can they find? Where's the best place to follow you? Um, normal channels. You can uh, contact me on Facebook Messenger or. Um, uh, you know, Instagram, uh, I'm just under my name on Facebook, or you can go to Australian Addiction Reptiles, uh, Facebook page and my website, australianaddiction.com. Um, or, uh, you know, my contact information is on my website as well. And, uh, make sure you check out the North American Gecko Symposium at Tinley this, this coming weekend. If you're in the area, uh, get there on Friday night and go listen to some gecko talks. It'll be worth your while. Awesome. 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 Okay, cool. All right. So next week is our eighth anniversary episode. Uh, we have to do the calendar at some point, right? Yes, we do. Okay. I think we're going to tie it into next week. So, okay, good. Actually, I'm just throwing that out there. <laughs> yeah. We're going to, we're going to put that all together into one nice, uh, package. Um, okay. So, then we have to, we have to seriously start considering what shows we're going to record for when we're in Australia, because that's ha- coming soon. Oh, you already thought about that? Uh, yeah, I'm going to send that to you. To I'll send that to you tonight too. So glad I'm a part of these things. <laughs> well, I figured it was an easy no, no, one. No, don't change it. No, I no, love no. it this way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what I'm saying is, one would be you know carpet python breeding, you know that kind of thing. I've got yeah. so many emails about that. Why? So, why? <laughs> I, dude, I I don't know. 
you know. And Is it just because they well, want it with better audio? Yes, <laughs> I think so. I think that's the, right. that's the the thing. So we're gonna hit on that, which that's a no brainer. So we're gonna we're gonna have to figure out some days probably next week, maybe this weekend to bang okay. out like two all three. of them. You know what I mean? And just like yeah. get it out of the way, and then we can just relax until we're back. Good. Because I ordered my walking stick that can convert into a snake hook. Oh, you did uh-huh. get that? Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> nice. You'll love it. <laughs> also, um, I should have looked because when you sent me some of the links, I ordered the hat with the fish, with the with the fly net. Mm-hmm. Um, it came hobbit-sized. Oh, so it Jesus does, Christ. <laughs> it doesn't fit my head. Send so, it back. <laughs> well, I mean, it's too late now. Oh. But so I'll figure out a way. I'll, okay. I'll make it work. Don't worry. Okay. It might just be resting on my head. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I think the only thing you're going to care about is the net. <laughs> that's exactly. You know, and that's what I'm thinking. I'm like, I'm sitting here. I'm like, I bet you if I just cram, like, I put my baseball hat like over it. I'm like, I can make this work. Don't worry about. It. I got this. All right, fair enough. I, yeah, I didn't even think about that. I just kind of sent a link, figuring that you <laughs> you would think. Well, Which, I do kind of have a big head, but apparently do, but not I, as big like, as yours. <laughs> apparently not. So, I, and I also ordered the snake shit guards and then they weren't going to arrive in time so i canceled the order okay then i ordered another pair of snake shin guards and they were out of stock so they refunded my money then i ordered the third pair of snake shin guards and i'm on the phone with melissa and i'm like do i really need these things and she's like she's like it would be your goddamn luck that you (laughs) you would not get this and some death adder bites you and i'm like I'm like, I'm not even sure if it's death at her territory. She's like, it would find you. I'm like, all right, fine. Right. Yeah. So, oh, that's awesome. Piss me off. <laughs> so <laughs> I, was... I got I got that. I got to go get a pair of boots, and then I'm borrowing uh, a backpack. Okay. Like, a ta- like big tactical like backpack, um, a headlamp, a flashlight. And also the stuff like I should be good. I have the stuff on the list. I ordered the power converter because I'm like ordering all this stuff for like being out in the bush. And then I'm like, I don't think I need anything else. That was everything on Eric's list. And I go back and it's like converter for Australian plugs. I'm like, shit, need that. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. So, I do have uh, a I did get a three pack and then I have a two pack. So we, all right. we'll be good. Even if I, I, I was going to get some battery packs for like phones and stuff because I figure if we're out there, regardless of what it is, it might be able to charge if we plug it in. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So I was just going to do that. It's good to have a car adapter. You know? Yeah. You know? Yeah. For a probe or a, a USB thing. Yeah. Right. I got plenty of those laying around here. And it's good to have one that has two inputs. That way, right. if two of Share us are trying friends. to, you know, yeah. charge at the same time. Yeah. But uh, cool stuff. So, yeah, so next week we're going to be doing a calendar contest and the eighth anniversary episode. And, uh, yeah, so that will be cool. And then we'll have the other episodes lined up, one of them being Carpet Python Breeding. Uh, that will be, uh, be in there with improved audio quality. Goddamn right. <laughs> um, we're gonna, gonna talk like we're, we're gonna talk like we're David Attenborough. Yeah, and then the, the carpet, majestic carpet the, yeah. goes <laughs> into the, the grass. <laughs> <laughs> you must have grass in order for us. it to breed. <laughs> <laughs>
With a mighty bellow. Yes. Uh, yeah. I did see, uh, on a side note, I did see an advertisement for a new series coming out, and on that was Australia. Um, mm. For somewhere at the BBC, it was like Seven Worlds or something like that, going like to the Seven Continents. And you know, Can, I wish there was just a way to have him narrate what we do in Australia. Like, just have a camera crew <laughs> follow us and just have him narrate it. How cool yeah. would that be if there was an app that like changed know, right? your voice it's, to sound like him? NPR <laughs> would be so different, you know. Exactly, or, or almost like almost like uh, Arrested Development. Owen says he's fine. Ron Howard's voice. He wasn't fine. It's like yeah, it's like that. Uh, nice. That's all I want. Yeah, you know? That would be so cool. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, so we should have the calendar uh, coming out soon after that, um, and then for us, you can follow us at MoreliaPythonRadio.net. It's a website. Info at MoreliaPythonRadio.com is the email, um, and as far as myself, ebmorelia.com. Uh, and then you can go from there. Uh, and don't forget the North American Gecko Symposium.com. Is the website for the upcoming Gecko Talk at Tinley Park on October 11th? Yep, and for all our friends who are headed out to Tinley, uh, safe travels, safe trips, and uh, enjoy yourselves. Because for so th- those of you who are, it is your first time going out to Tinley, just really kind of soak it in and enjoy it. Um, and uh, we hope to see you guys out there next year because we will definitely not let another one slide past us. So. Absolutely. All right. Yes. Cool. Uh, did you do your stuff? I you just did. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm paying attention. All right. mm-hmm. For Let's me, <laughs> for, shut up. Um, you can edit all this. Yeah. For me, um, <laughs> you can go to rogue-reptiles.com. Check out stuff going on there. I promise, I promise, I promise we're putting new pictures and new babies up soon. I have a thing. I have the camera set up. I just haven't put the animals in it. Okay. Um, He's been busy, well, people. I know, goddammit. <laughs> we'll get there. Um, uh, you can also go to rogue underscore reptiles on Instagram and rogue reptiles on Facebook.com. Check out all that stuff, everything over there. Uh, next weekend is the Hamburg Reptile Show. I will not be vending because I've retired from vending. I won't do it anymore. I refuse. But I will be there. So if you want to meet up and possibly talk some animals, uh, I'll possibly get some animals. I'll usually be hovering around Jason Balin's table, which I should call him after we're done here because I don't know what he wants. <laughs> yes. Anyway, uh, that's all we have for you guys tonight. So we'll say thank you all for listening, and we'll catch everybody back here next week for some more Rally of Python Radio. Good night.